Welcome to A Change of Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Angel Walston. And in this space, we navigate life together. We ask the hard questions like, what is the truth you haven't told? But most importantly, we grow together. And sometimes that leads to a change of heart. Hey everyone, and welcome back to A Change of Heart Podcast. I am your host, Angel Walston, and today I am joined by one of my BFFs, Gopi. Say hello to the people, Gopi. Hey, people. And today we are going to be covering the topic of rebuilding broken friendships. But before we get into today's topic, as you all know, we play a little game so that you can get to know my guests better. And we're going to start off with the question of the day. And then we're going to jump into a best friend tag to see if Gopi is really my friend. To see how well, how well you No pressure. <laughs> so the question of the day is what game show or reality TV show would you sign up for? I really like game shows. So I have multiple answers for this question. My grandma used to think I would be really good at the prices, right? Because I could jump. Because you have to jump to be in the audience and get excited. Oh, I was going to say, Yeah, that was her qualification. Um, but I really enjoy Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. I think I would be the best at Family Feud, though. Okay. The reality TV show I always wanted to be a part of was The Real World. I wouldn't do it now. Like, I just, <laughs> I would not do reality TV now. But growing up, I wanted to be on The Real World. But I would also go on either Family Feud or supermarket suite do you want to be my family on family feud i i can be a, I can be a member <laughs> can be an honorary family member all right so before we jump to the best friend tag you all know what to do for the question of the day leave your answers in the comment section if you're watching this on my youtube channel or you can answer it in my stories on instagram at angel c walston all right go be are you ready to prove if you're really my friend? Well, you have to answer these for me too, right? So it's like yes. proving to each other. Yes. Mm. All right. So the first question, what are three oh things I would have on a deserted island? Your laptop? What am I charging with? I don't know. This island is okay. Wi-Fi friendly. <laughs> I, you said three things that you would have. I didn't necessarily say they were going to be useful. Okay. That's, That's fair. True. That's a fair question. Okay. So I think you would have your laptop because there would be Wi-Fi on this deserted island. Um, I think you would have snacks. Food is important. And maybe your silk pillowcase. <laughs> I feel like if I'm on a deserted island, my hair's going to be the least of my worries. I mean, if you um, can have one luxury, that would be a good one. I like my answer. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I would say chapstick. I hate for my lips to be chapped. Um, water, because I wouldn't want to have to drink, like, the ocean water. And I need some form of music. Mm, that's a good one. So I guess if I, if I bring my laptop <laughs> and I can find somewhere to charge it, then I would bring my laptop so I can listen to music. Um, I would say three things you would have on a deserted island. I feel like you would have hiking boots so that you can like get around and walk around. Um, I feel like you would have a hair tie because I know you don't like your hair down all the time. <laughs> and I feel like you'd have a book. What book? I don't know. But you bring some kind of book 
to like keep yourself preoccupied. So I would have all of those things, but starve. Great. Well, you can you find something <laughs> on the island to eat. I'm a I feel like that's already there. I like those choices. <laughs> if I, I would like to bring more than three things, I'd bring a friend, whether for entertainment. So someone else can suffer with you. <laughs> yeah. Or if it comes down to it and we need to battle it out, I'm winning that battle. What kind of battle? You never know. Like, are you going to kill off your friend? <laughs> so maybe someone I'm not invested in. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> Maybe don't put that one in. But you think you know a person. <laughs> <laughs> Music is a good one, though. I like that answer. Yeah, I need um, something to like lift my spirits to until to. I'm found. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. But I also might voluntarily be on a deserted island, to be fair. <laughs> so there's that. If there's a resort with it. Yeah. What is my favorite kind of sandwich? I'm not going to get this. <laughs> I. I immediately want to go to, like, fish tacos, because I know you like fish tacos, but you said you also like a sandwich. I don't know. I'm going to go with either chicken or tuna salad. Okay. It's turkey. <laughs> but, okay. Or, it depends on how you define sandwich. It would either be turkey or, like, a steak and cheese, which can be a sandwich or stuff. I have never seen you eat a steak and cheese. I eat steak and cheese. Don't, well, not the cheese part, but I eat steak subs all the time. <laughs> Um, I would say your favorite kind of sandwich is, I want to say ham, but I don't think it's ham, so I feel like you don't eat a lot of pork. Um, I'm going to go with turkey. Negative. <laughs> um, even with my sandwiches, I'm like a warm foodie, so give me like a grilled chicken sandwich or a meatball sub. I want a warm food. Does my car have a name? And if so... <laughs> What is it? Noni Jean from Beyond the Lights. That is correct. I think your car's name is Kai. It is. Okay. If I could travel anywhere in the world, where would I go? Um, <laughs> I, there's multiple answers to these questions. I feel like it has to be somewhere warm. Yeah. Um, with a beach of some sort. So I'm going to say warm in the beach, so that could mean any beach. It could be a Greece beach. It could be a <laughs> Caribbean beach. It could be in South America, but warm in a beach. I'm making it vague. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. I really want to go to Santorini, Greece. I you wasn't far. Beach I was not far off. Thank I'll, you very much. Um, you want to go somewhere in Spain? I do want to go to Spain. But, like, it's kind of a trick question for me because I'll go anywhere. <laughs> what is one of my pet peeves? I have a lot. I know, same here. Um, I think people. It's <laughs> um, very vague. Um, I think, okay, let me rephrase this because I feel like ours are somewhat similar in some regards. Like people who are unnecessarily rude or like don't take accountability for their actions. Like, I don't know. I feel like that kind of in that realm of things. Also like bad drivers, that's people, not cars. So <laughs> there you go. I was, those things for me are like annoying. I wouldn't consider those my like pet, a pet peeves. Peeve. Hmm. My pet peeves are when people call me Angie. Oh like yeah, I hate that. yeah. Like, don't give me a nickname. Um, you didn't like any of my nicknames for you in college. No, I don't mind a nickname, but like, don't give me a nickname out of my name that oh, I did not ask for. Got it. Like, got and it. also don't shorten my name when it's like it's still two syllables. Like that defeats the purpose. <laughs> um, don't abbreviate. 
Yeah, I, I do not want like that. Um, and it's not, it's, it doesn't bother me as much if someone says it as like, they think that's my name. Like when people call me Angela and it's like, they think my name is Angela. It's like, I'll correct it. But people who like say it and like, you know, my name is Angel. I hate that. Um, your, one of your pet peeves is, I feel like if you're expressing something that bothers you and someone it's like, like, it's not that big of a deal or look at the, like, look at this instead of like focusing on that, like not allowing you to just like express how you feel without trying to be like, you shouldn't feel like that. If that makes sense. That's accurate. Like, or if I'm trying to be vulnerable and say, Hey, I'm feeling this way. And it's, Kind of like you said, like disregarded or swept under yeah, the rug or like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some Jesus, but don't just say, I'll pray <laughs> for you. Like, I need you to listen and hear me and let me express what I'm feeling and not necessarily needing advice all the time, but just needing for an ear. Yeah. I should ask that for your pet peeve. You don't like it when people misunderstand you. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. Yeah, I should have yeah. done that. That was good <laughs> I'm changing my answer. <laughs> when did we become friends? I feel like this is also a trick question <laughs> because so I'm trying to gosh this is forever ago so our our third friend Mariah who you chatted about on here um we lived in the same dorm our freshman year at JMU and she went to uh Bridgewater Church uh one Sunday and then I went with her the next Sunday and so that's where we met is at church, but I feel like we didn't really become friends until you took us to Bridgewater for that fair. And like, remember we rode with you to that whatever fair and then got really silly with T.I. on the radio. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I like honestly, that would be really. Well, I honestly don't know when we become, when we became friends. I know we met at church, um, yeah. but like specifically when we became friends, I don't know. Like, there wasn't like a defining. Yes, thing. I don't have anything in mind that it's like, oh, this was when I knew. <laughs> um, but I feel like we knew of each other maybe like a year before we actually became friends. A year? I feel like it was a while. Mm. I feel I definitely feel like it was. A I could see that being plausible um, too. I don't know, but yeah, I don't have like a specific memory that it's like, huh? I'm gonna be friends with those maybe, girls. <laughs> maybe that car ride. You were like, these women are crazy. Well, that leads us into our next question. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first impression of me? Um, well, I feel like back then, I mean, I know it, it's, and we'll talk, I feel like we'll talk about this later. It's hard to like get to know people sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically me. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I was, I was not trying to call you out there. <laughs> yes, it was really hard to get to know you. But I feel like, um, again, my realm of, in our circle of, People at the time were people from church. So it was like mm -hmm. Bible study in church on Sunday. And I knew you had pipes because you could see you were singing in church. And I knew, like, overall, just really quiet at first and kind of mm -hmm. like, okay. But I feel like that's not uncommon for first yeah. impressions for you. Do you think I'm quiet now? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, so also let me preface it with this. Gopi and Mariah met me prior to, like, anything that I'm doing now so like I was at church but I was not saved for real at that point um so they met me like in my wilder days 
although they did not necessarily realize, I think, at the time of meeting me. We were, we were all in each other's wilder days at that point. But my wilder days were, like, wilder. <laughs> um, so I think that I looked at, because I met them together, both Gopi and Raya, I feel like I looked at you all as being, like, like the goody two-shoe two girls. Um, because, like, y'all knew all the answers in Bible study. I You say like, that, but I really didn't. Like... But, like, y'all did. Like for, like, for the most part, the things that, like, we were asked about, like, you all had the answers for, I definitely did not. Um, and the fact that we went to the same school but never ran into each other also spoke values. <laughs> um, we met at church but never met, like, actually on campus. And JMU isn't big, um, or at least it wasn't big at that point. To the, to the extent that we would not run into each other. Because I feel like minorities at JMU. Yeah, but, if, but if, you, if you, in that same breath, though, if you think of JMU and, like, what we all majored in, we majored in very different things. So it yeah, wasn't like I was going to, like, run around and be on the same part of campus with you yeah. either. But they were also into, like, more, what is the word? They weren't, like, partying and, like, drinking and doing things like that. So our paths, social yeah, our, our paths were not crossing um, for a lot of reasons. So I think I just had like this view that you all were like like the good girls, and not that I was like this rebel, but in comparison <laughs> to an extent, I feel like I was the like the wild crazy one, even though I was not that like wild and crazy per se. So that was my first impression, which again isn't I feel like too far off from. From where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, from, like, high school yearbook, like, people would be like, oh, like, they'd write, Gopi, you're so sweet, you're so kind. Like, you, like, I don't know. I, they would say the same things about me. Like, little did you know. <laughs> um, what is your favorite memory of us? There are so many. Actually, I was thinking a lot about this question. I really enjoyed. I there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. There's so many. Welcome. I actually really loved all of Mariah's bridal events, especially her oh, wedding yeah. weekend. Um, I feel like at her wedding, at the reception specifically, like <laughs> we were on the dance floor. It was so Dancing fun. The DJ. You know, running away <laughs> from the creepy DJ. Like it was just, it felt good. And it felt like it was like, yeah, there are other guests there, but kind of our little group of <laughs> friends like really took over the dance floor and just, it was a fun time. Yeah. Um, I definitely would agree with that. Um, I also feel like when we were at Bridgewater College, I don't remember, well, I don't think, I don't know why we were there, because I know we went to see Steven, but I don't feel like we were invited. I don't know, like, I just remember us being on his campus. Were we yelling, what would you do at people? Yes, and we were, like, writing on people's, like, how they hit <laughs> yeah. their little, um, what do you call it? Like, the little... They're, like, name tag or door yeah, tag. Yeah, like, we were writing on people's doors and stuff. Like, we were, like, us. really misbehaving. And I don't know if we were invited because he wasn't there and he didn't come for a while. I thought he had like practice or something. I don't know. But anyways, y'all, we went, it was, Stephen was one of our like mutual friends from church. And for whatever reason, we went to his dorm. Well, Mariah had to do, she was doing something. I don't know, but Mariah wasn't there. No, but we called her. (laughs) (laughs) And we were just like going through, not his dorm, but like, well, no, his dorm. No, it was definitely his dorm. And like, like not pranking people. I don't know. Like, It was very funny. It's one of those things I can't be there for. Uh, So that's one of my favorite memories. But as I was thinking, I was like, I don't know why we were there. And I don't know if we were invited. I feel like like we were talking, like, 
trying to be Medea and be like, how you doing? Like, yeah, I don't people know. And, like, we were, like, yelling things and hiding. It was, <laughs> it was really um, Yes. That's so, your favorite memory? That's one of my favorite. It was very funny. Like, I, I have a very, like, vivid memory of that. Um, and then I do remember when he came, he had his little two lady friend. Oh, yeah. That was weird. Um, and then it got awkward. Yeah, and then we left. <laughs> But yes, I don't like. I don't know why we were there. Or if we were invited, it was very funny. Like crashed the party. Yeah. Like what happened? Yeah. So that's one of my favorite memories. But yes, all the wedding festivities and stuff. Um, and then also when we went to North Carolina the last time, just kind of like having that was like our first girls trip. I know. It's supposed to be annual, so we shall see. <laughs> um, but that was good as well, just to like get together as adults. All right, last question. Describe our friendship in three words. Mm. I'm going to say... Funny, because I think we make each other laugh a lot and say very snarky things that I wouldn't (laughs) say out loud necessarily to anyone else. Um, I'm going to say genuine and... Long lasting. That's sweet of you. <laughs> um, funny was going to be one of mine as well. I would say easygoing. Um, and then last one. Wait, you're going to take mine? Did you say easygoing? No, say? I said funny. You got to pick a different no, one. That, that was mine that I had. I, I think you need to pick hilarious. a different word. Oh, that is a synonym <laughs> of funny. So hilarious. <laughs> easygoing and. Growing because I feel like we've grown yeah. through like different stages together over the last decade plus. All right, so today we're going to be talking about rebuilding broken friendships, and this was actually a topic that was suggested by someone when I did the survey for after season one. And as I was thinking about, this is sad for me to say, but as I was thinking about like. Who, who can I get to talk about this? It's like, I have lots of options because I've shared before that I have struggled with my relationships with women specifically. Um, I've had a lot of failed relationships, but the difference between my relationship with Gopi and even a very few other relationships is that in the midst of us having like a breakdown in our relationship, we were able to like move past it and continue a relationship. Whereas in other cases, it's been... Like it just ended. And so I thought that this would be a good conversation to have because I think a lot of times um, for women specifically, like we have our conflicts, we have our issues. I think that women can be labeled as like petty and like we can't have relationships. And so I thought that it would be good to have the conversation about being able to move forward through when you have different breakdowns in communication, breakdowns in your relationship to show that they can be repaired and it doesn't always end in different issues, disagreements don't always end in like the relationship is done with and over. So before we jump into that, I wanted to talk about how do you think we became friends? Because I feel like we may have two different (laughs) perspectives. Well, I don't really know because I feel like... I feel like some friendships are, and let me explain myself after I say this, kind of conform for a matter of convenience. So like people who you go to school with, people that you work with, people that you go to church with, like that's what you do when we, like in our daily lives and seeking community. So 
I feel like a lot of my friends, even Mariah, I like walked into her room and was like, basically like, let's be friends, you're stuck with me now. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's probably not a far cry from what happened. Um, but we went to church together and church events together. So I think you get to know the people around you when you're spending time together, even though it's not necessarily like intentional one-on-one time and then it maybe grows into like one-on-one time or more like smaller activities or something outside of maybe that initial um like networking or however you met so if you were thinking it's been really a year it was like a year I don't necessarily think that's inaccurate either like Mm -hmm. again we were circling each other through church so yeah well, I, I know for myself, it definitely takes me a while to not necessarily get close to people, but to get to a point where I consider us to be in a friendship. Um, I feel like sometimes people think they're friends with me, but I don't necessarily look at it in that sense. And in thinking about our relationship, so Mariah and Gopi came like to our church, our former church, knew like, like they were already friends. So it wasn't like, they didn't know each other and we all met at church. Like they knew each other and then I met them together. And I feel like, like, I want to say it was 2008 when you all came to New Life. Yeah. So the reason why I'm basing it being a year or so, because I wasn't like, I would say good and safe to like halfway through 2009. Oh, I don't yeah. even know if that's fair. No, it was <laughs> like maybe 2010, early 2010. And I feel like once we became friends, like the relationship I was in and everything, all of that was done with. Like you all did not know about those shenanigans until that relationship was done and over with. And that like ended the end of 2009. So I feel like it was at least a year before we like actually developed a friendship. But I will say for me, when I think about like us starting to, build a friendship was the, when we went to like the volunteer fair or whatever for Bridgewater College and T.I.'s, whatever you like, was playing and Mariah's <laughs> over here rapping Patron on ice. Um, and I think that, this sounds terrible, but I think that changed like my view of the two of you because I just looked at you as like being goody two-shoe, like sure. church girls. And then it's like Mariah's over here rapping Patron on ice. And like you were like singing along with some of the songs. So I'm like, huh, maybe they're heathens too. <laughs> And that, like, I, I, think, I think that helped me to kind of not view you all just, like, in a church. And it's not to say that they were, like, bad Christians, because they were not by any means. But it kind of, I think that made me feel like, oh, like, y'all are more approachable than, like, initially I had in my head. Mm-hmm. So I think that opened up, that opened me up more so to, like, even allow a friendship to develop. Um and I also feel like this in all of the friendships that I have, I feel like my friends adopted me, like in the sense of I, I've never initiated a friendship with anybody. Like everyone I've been friends with, I feel like you all just keep coming around. <laughs> like, you you just with us. What can I say? You just keep reaching out and it's like, oh, I somehow became friends with you all. So I feel like you all definitely like invited me to things. Sure. Like you invited me to your apartment, things that you all were doing together, like you invited me to things. Um, and eventually I feel like the three of us like built a bond where we became like really good friends. 
I think that's really interesting because one, when Mariah, when we started going to New Life, Mariah and I were friends, but like we weren't definitely like best friends. No, and I don't even really like the term best friends. That's, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I don't really anyway. Um, but like we knew each other from you know living in the same on the same floor. We were both like not into partying and drinking, so we had to. But there was no one else on our floor that didn't want to do that. that. So we were trying to find things. And Jamie, I'll give Jamie a lot of credit. There's a lot of things on campus that has nothing to do with those things, and you can still have a very fun and social, active life. Not even like religious group wise. Like there was just so much to do. Um, I think that's really interesting too because like I my personal history with the church. I grew up in the church, but then, like, walked away for a while from some things that happened in our youth group, um, and I knew I always wanted to go back to church, um, but didn't really know how to do that, so the perspective that you have of having, like, oh, you guys are goody two-shoes and have all of these answers, that was not my life. <laughs> that was not what I was walking through at all, so I think that's really interesting, um, but, like, of course... We didn't, you didn't know that until later down the line, so. And I don't want to give off the impression that I'm saying, like, I thought Mariah and Goku were goody two-shoes, and then I got to know them, and they weren't. They were a little more rebellious than you thought. I don't want to come across, like, I mean, they're, like, normal people. Like, I don't want to come across, like, oh, I came to know them, and they were rebels. Like, they were were these wild girls, like I needed them to be. Like, it wasn't like, like, they were normal people. I think that's a better way to say it. Um, so in thinking about, so in thinking about this whole idea of rebuilding broken friendships, so just kind of giving some context to our relationship, I would say, so in my, this is my poor memory of the timeline from maybe like end of 2009 through When did I graduate college? 2010. 2010. Oh my gosh. That's 11 years ago. That's like really, wow. Anywho, so I feel like once we became friends, although I can't necessarily put a timeline on that, I feel like the three of us specifically were like inseparable. So it's like we were always together. We were always doing things. And I feel like a part of our breakdown in the friendship was... And this is my perspective. I'll definitely allow you to give yours as well. Is I feel like it's hard to have a group of friends when there's an odd number. In yes. the sense that, so I, like obviously with Mariah, Gopi, and I, it's three of us. I feel like it's normal for people to kind of pair up. And so when you have an odd number, like in one way or another, like people can feel left out. And so I feel like specifically with you and I, there were times where, and I'll speak for myself, where I kind of viewed it as like you and Mariah had your relationship prior to me. So it was kind of like I was coming into your friendship. And so there were times where I think that I kind of felt like, well, like you two have your friendship. And although it's like three of us, it's still like you two had your friendship and then like I'm being added to it. Um, But then I think there's also like different times where, the, the pairs kind of swapped, if that makes sense. And I think for, and just thinking about like our breakdown, a part of it was communication, like on all parts of feeling like different things were happening that we either didn't feel comfortable sharing 
or things that like they could have been talked about, but it didn't. And so it's like something that we talked about when we were working on this is like there was never like this argument. There was right. never like this huge falling out. There was never like this point of like we're not friends anymore, but it definitely was like a dynamic shift. And in that dynamic shifting, it was like Mariah and I were still close, but like you and I weren't as close. And so it was almost like our, I, I like I think one of the things we talked about was I think you said like you didn't necessarily feel like we weren't friends anymore. And I think I viewed it as we weren't because like our dynamic had changed in the sense of like our communication was like barely there. And we were also in a place where it's like how we used to hang out and do things together. Like that wasn't happening anymore. And so it's like all of these things, like these little things that had happened that like neither one of us addressed. So it's like the friendship just kind of, not yet. That's a good way to put it. It just kind of like fizzled out. It's kind of like a, like a soda that's gone flat. And it's like, it doesn't have like when you pop it, it's a shh. It's like, you don't have the shh. So that was my perspective. What was your perspective? Um, I think very similarly, I mean, I very much recall times where, so, so part of, I think the pairing off for me was like personality and kind of interest wise, it always felt like you and Mariah had more in common, um, just with like being really interested in fashion and makeup and not, I'm definitely like. Let's go exercise. I mean, do you remember that kickboxing class that I, you guys yeah, suffered through? Yeah, you sat down like 30 said, minutes in. You guys looked at me and you were like, I was like, that was like the warm-up. Um, <laughs> so, like, very much just different interests in that way of, like, I was very much a tomboy and, like, interested in exercise and liked to be active and was still, I mean, even still to this day, like, parts of, like, makeup and clothes I'm like I don't know what to do with this like I just that was just not what I was into and I could see that connection between you and Mariah and was kind of like okay and I think in my head I was like well that's what they can connect with but I know that with Mariah and I I think the difference that you felt and what I felt too is I was able to connect with her of like movies and books so we had other interests where between the two of us we could still like build and talk and have this friendship mm-hmm. and I don't know if you and I really found anything until now, like, you know, that we like connected on other than kind of church and yeah. other interests outside of, again, kind of what you guys had, um, like really were into at the time. But to be fair in that time of transition to, uh, Angel had graduated JMU. Um, and so we were a year younger than her. So we were oh, yeah. seniors. So you were off to a job um, we were still in the midst of, of school. So I'm sure that changed part of the dynamic. And then I know for me personally, ar- around that time, kind of like end of junior into senior year, that's where I started meeting some of our other groups of friends through like one of the youth groups on campus. So I like still went to Bridgewater on Sundays and for Bible study during the week, but then on like Friday nights, Saturday nights, when like the youth group, the other youth group would hang out. It was just more um, like individuals around our age. I mean, Bridgewater, I love it dearly, but it was very small, very small. I mean, sometimes it would be like Henry, Sarah, the three of us, Steve. I mean, there'd be like 10 Mm -hmm. people max there. Um, So 
I know for me, I was walking through a time spiritually too, where I wanted to, I needed to find fulfillment and community elsewhere as well. So a lot of layers to like where that kind of started to separate. And then I think after, after Mariah and I graduated, we all were in different parts Mm -hmm. of Virginia. So naturally, you know, this spatial relationship creates distance too. Um, and at that time, like, I also had gotten waitlisted into grad school and was walk, trying to walk through what that looked like. I mean, there's, again, a lot of layers to this, but I, I really feel like part of our quote-unquote break, um, and I don't even want to call it a breakdown or a break. I mean, we just weren't close, and that's mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about, like, how we fix that. But um, all of those factors, I think, contributed to that fizzling out as you said yeah and so I thought that it would be good to talk about different things regarding friendships um, with Gopi and the questions that we're going to discuss aren't necessarily specific to us I totally can leave it open to just like our experience with relationships in general Um, but in thinking about in repairing friendships whether it was with our friendship or just with relationships that you've had in the past, what factors have helped you to be able to move forward with someone where there was like a fracture in the friendship and you all were able to at some point like come back together and either like rebuild from the ground or you were able to repair and go forward? Yeah, that's a tough question because I feel like, again, I don't necessarily view friendships as like broken. I just think things change. Mm-hmm. Um, that's hard. I feel like there have been some friends who, again, it's based on distance. <clears throat> like when we were in school together, and again, not even necessarily like my friendship with Angel, but some of my other college friends when I when they graduated and moved on, and then when I moved on as well. Um, that time and space was really hard. You had to, you had to be intentional about it. And that was something that you don't talk about, um, as far as how to do that as an adult, like again, cause you're friends of convenience at that point. Um, and, and not that that's a bad thing, but I feel like for me, it just depends. So like I have a friend of mine who we've were roommates in undergrad at, at JMU and we have stayed good friends for a very long time and that's because we text each other once in a while it wasn't like every day but like every couple months we'd shoot each other a hey text and have a phone call when I moved to Virginia Beach after grad school um, she came to visit me a couple times so I think it's just a matter of like really figuring out one if you want the friendship to be sustainable and and what that looks like in a new dynamic a lot of the time um, and then two, like, how do you make that intentional effort? Um, and again, depending on your, you know, um, like situation for lack of a better word. So like if you're also single, you'll probably have a little bit more free time and are able to, to make the trip or make the call or whatever versus like some of my friends, um, a majority of my friends are like married with kids and it's much mm-hmm. harder, I think, to retain those friendships, mm-hmm. um, than it is my friends who are single or maybe um, are married but have, like, kept the friendship alive. So this this particular um, 
friend of mine who, I, again, she visited me while I was in Virginia Beach. Uh, throughout her, like, she's married and has a kiddo now, um, but throughout her, like, dating engagement and marriage, and even now with the kids, she has always made time to set aside for, like, one-on-one time with me and also not made me feel like our conversation was solely on her and her life. So I would say not just making time to be intentional, but also, like, truly investing and asking like how the other person is doing because you can have what I would call superficial friendships where it's very one-sided and it feels like the whole conversation is like this is me and my world and again a lot of my friends are moms and like this is me and my world being married with a mom and a kid and I'm like that's great but you have yet to reciprocate like how am I doing and I think that's been one of the struggles in the last couple of years with kind of losing the ease of my single friends but I know that was kind of a tangent but no that that definitely makes sense and I think for me what has helped me to move forward so I think where we view things differently is I do view like certain things as like this friendship has ended yeah I mean that's okay as a break um and what has been a Things that have helped me to move forward in those instances was when I thought about, regardless of what the situation was that led to us to having a break in a friendship, whatever it might be, like, what do I know about that person? Like, what do I know about their heart? Because there are things that people have done that it's like, that's just like mean, or that's just something that is like a character flaw that I'm not willing to allow in my space in regards to a relationship. But then there are also things that it's like, I know that whatever your response may have been, whatever may have transpired, it's like, it's not coming from a place of like, your intent is to hurt me or that your intent is to like intentionally make me feel bad, even if I felt that way based off of whatever may have happened. And so it's something that I try to keep in mind in regards to moving forward in a relationship. It's like, what do I know to be true about this person? Um, And something I've thought about with, relationships that I've had that I felt like had ended was when I think about like when I get married or if I have a child (laughs) heavy on the if um if I have some type of like milestone in my in my life like how would I feel if that person was not a part of it sure like would I be like oh man I wish I really wish like so and so was here And when I think about the reason why they wouldn't be here, like, would that really be worth it? Like, would I really be okay that this person wasn't invited or this person doesn't know about this because we had this falling out about something that, in hindsight, really is repairable? Um, And that's another thing I think about is, like, is it something that is repairable? Like, whatever the conflict was, whatever the issue was, like, is this something that we can grow from or that we can move on from or is this something that it's like you've served your purpose in my life I've served my purpose in your life be easy like let's let's go forward in our separate ways um because I think that that is a part of relationships as well that not all of them will continue and yeah that kind of is what it is um and going along those lines some relationships are easier to repair than others but for those that don't result in reconciliation, what has helped you to move away from those friendships? Hmm, that's hard. I think it, I've, I've never really had a friendship 
end in the sense of, again, like a big argument or a blowout. A lot of it has been, in my experience, that time and space aspect. So, like, I think of this certain person from that I've known since, like, preschool. And, like, I don't know if I would really call her a friend anymore, but, like, we grew up together. And I would say our friendship is not really a friendship. It's just kind of like, hey, how you doing? you know, through social media or whatever. It's it, it's something that I struggled with actually for a long time, even like throughout undergrad of like, this has changed. Um, mm-hmm. But to help accept that, I think you have to realize people change and I change and what I want in my circle of influence may be different and what they want in their like people are also maybe different. And that's, that's okay. And I think part of it is acknowledging that and kind of letting go of like I think and this is I'm going to circle back to what I said earlier about I don't like the term best best friends um (laughs) I like like it and I don't like it I remember like yearning to want to have call like one or two people in that like sacred space right but I feel like um you know media and the movies and things don't do us justice in that area because I again I think as an adult you don't realize until you've been through it like how much that has changed. Um, so I don't really like to label anybody as a best friend. But if I call you a friend, that's that is something though, because otherwise you're a coworker, you're this girl from the street, or this girl down the street, not from the street. Sorry, girl down the street, my neighbor, my you know whatever. The street down the street down the street. Didn't mean that. Sorry, um, but. I feel like you have to, again, recognize people change and you yourself has changed and it's okay. That was really hard for me. Having come into the moment of like, it's okay that we are not the same people that we were and to let go of that. Like, it is okay. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And I love what you said in regards to being okay with the fact that people change. Because I feel like there's so many different layers to who we are as just people and different things that we experience, different life events, transitions, all of that impact how we evolve. And there are people that you may have been friends with from high school that where you are now or where both of you are now, it doesn't necessarily line up with where you were when you were in high school because different things have evolved and changed for you. And so I do think that it's important to acknowledge that familiarity and also like the length of time that you've been friends with someone is not like the basis to stay in a friendship. Right, exactly. Um, And I think that sometimes we can do a disservice to the relationships in our lives because it's like, we're keeping them around not because there's a purpose that's attached to it anymore. It's more so of, well, I've always been friends with this person. And it's like, okay, but just because like you've always done something that doesn't necessarily mean that it's beneficial to either party to continue doing it. Um, and so when I think about like friendships that ended and it wasn't reconciliation, I would say as an adult, like I'm not having arguments with people. I don't have the energy, like I don't have the time. <laughs> I don't have it in me. So I'm not having like these fallout yelling fussing arguments. Yeah, yeah, like I'm not doing that at this age. Um, but when I think back to relationships in the past that have ended, I think you get to a point where you accept the fact that like any relationship you're in, it's work. 
But then there's also the question of like, well, how hard should this work be? Yeah. And I had a friendship actually, I'd say maybe like two years ago at this point that ended. And it was, we like both kind of got to a point that's like, we feel like we're forcing communication at this point. Like we feel like we're forcing like, well, let me check in on you. Let me make sure. And it's like, I just feel like it doesn't have to be like that. You can outgrow people. You can't. You very much so can can outgrow outgrow. people. And it doesn't mean that you hate the person, dislike the person. It's just that that relationship no longer, it it served its purpose. I won't say no longer serves its purpose. It served its purpose. And we can put ourselves in a position to do more damage by trying to make something work or force something to work that isn't working. Um, And so I think it's getting to a point of being okay that, we, we have nothing else at this point to give one another. And it's like, it's no hard feelings. I wish you well. Yeah. But like, we don't have anything else to give each other. And sometimes it is just, it's better to end something versus trying to force something that's not working. But I also want to like, encourage people to like, that doesn't mean that something can't be rekindled later. Like, yeah. Like, Right now, I I ended up moving um, back to, like, the D.C. area right before COVID happened for a job. And um, I grew up in the area and never thought I would be there as an adult. I thought I would be somewhere else. So long story short, a lot of the um, the girls that I went to, like, elementary school with and middle school with are also in that area. So I've been able to kind of reconnect with some of those very friends old friends um, on a very different level because again, we've now spent X number of years apart and are different people and are grown adults. But it also just because something ends or fizzles or you need to part ways at the capacity that you thought you should keep each other doesn't mean it can't rekindle and change into something different later too. And I also just want to add that in a relationship ending, I think that we've been programmed almost to feel like they always have to be like, this big argument or this big blow up that has to be like this huge thing. And it doesn't, not everything like conflict is not a bad thing. Right. And having those conversations, it doesn't just because you end a friendship, it doesn't mean that it has to end in like a negative way. It doesn't mean that it has to be like this huge, big blow up where it's like, you're sending subliminals on social media and stuff like, no, no one cares about that. Like when you get old, I, it's I not, say it's not cancel old. culture and all the time, but I feel like it comes with, it doesn't come with age. It just comes with maturity. You can have yeah. conversations with people and in things in a way that like, if you leave the door open for a possible rekindling, that it's not going to be awkward because how things ended weren't done. It wasn't done in like a malicious or evil, just like angry way. All right. So what has navigating the hard parts of friendship taught you about conflict? I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. Um, Well, I mean, you kind of started with like conflict is not bad. Again, you're two fully formed adults and you're going to have disagreements and differences of opinion. Um, But I think if you, and you can still have those friendships with conflict with a a big butt, if you know how to like respect each other's person. Um, So I'm trying to think of an example. I don't have one um, necessarily off the top of my head, but it's easier said than done because I believe in adult relationships. If it's a true friendship, you could 
you know, have a phone conversation or go to whatever, go to lunch and say, Hey, this has been on my heart. I've been feeling this way. You know, I would really like to discuss like, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, but easier said than done. Like I, I am already thinking of like a person in my life that I need to have this conversation with. And it kind of Mm -hmm. terrifies me, but at the same time, I'm like, but as you mentioned earlier, I know their heart. I knew that like we mm-hmm. have been like friends for a long time. And I know that this would just airing this out is going to help the relationship. Even if it's not necessarily like seeing each other as often as we do, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But like airing out like what you're frustrated about is going to be helpful in the long run. Whether that is like giving you the confirmation of, yes, let's fix this, or, okay, we need to start moving and changing our dynamic. Yeah, I definitely think, like, communication has been um, what the hard parts of friendship has taught me um, about conflict is that a lot of times the thing that we are, like, stressing over, worrying about, that we feel uneasy about, by not communicating it, it just lingers. Yeah, builds up. Yes, and the more that it lingers, I feel like it creates more space for us to create like a whole novel in our head about like what the other person is thinking, how they're going to respond, how they're going to act. And it just, it prolongs a conversation that ultimately you'll have at some point. But then it also just puts you in a position where I feel like you're having this inner conflict with yourself that's like almost... Uh, not almost, it, it's unnecessary because if you were to have the conversation with the person, you could get all the answers that you are yeah. creating in your mind that may or may not be true. Yeah. Um, so I definitely say like just learning to communicate better and also being willing to see things from someone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, because I realized for myself that I definitely have a more like emotionally detached type of personality. <laughs> I don't care what saying that. That's a good way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, so it's like, I recognize that like certain things that bother, that does not bother me. Might bother someone else. May bother someone else. And that doesn't invalidate like their feelings or their experience just because it's something that I don't care about. I also tend to not care about a lot of things, which I'm not, I'm not saying that in a good way by any means. But so I, I would definitely say like, navigating the hard parts of friendships has helped me to be more willing to see things from someone else's perspective um, versus just mine. And then also just understanding, like I was saying earlier, that conflict, it doesn't always have to be like this bad thing. It doesn't have to be, um, I I feel like we're always going to be nervous about it, but it doesn't have to be this thing that is, like how we see in the movies, like we're not ain't nobody loving hip hop and like fighting throwing <laughs> drinks and all of that. Like not we're tired. We yeah. work all the time. Like we're thirty we're, we're in our thirties and we're tired. Energy. Like <laughs> we literally do not have the energy to like um, fight with our words even. Like it's too much. I do wanna say too, like again, definitely easier said than done and if you keep those feelings bottled up inside, then you actually won't really enjoy the person that those feelings are towards when you yeah. are together because it, it it bottles up and then you yeah. pop open like a biscuit can and you can't go back in and then you're just like kind of left with this mess. Um, so if you're not necessarily ready to take that step of like, so like my situation, I 
I'm not sure how I'm going to approach it exactly, but I have like written a letter in my journal and mm-hmm. I have like written down the, like the three points that I want to make and like mm-hmm. the three solutions like I would like to bring to the table. I'm just a person that like <laughs> if you're going to have an issue, like bring some bring an idea to the table for us mm-hmm. to brainstorm about. Um, so it's again, like you may not be ready to take that step of like calling up and being like, Angel, we got to talk, but like mm-hmm. you can still get those feelings out in a healthy way to just get them out of yeah. your system. Um, and then when you're ready to have that one-on-one um, with whoever, um, might be actually more productive that way too because you've mm-hmm. organized your thoughts and you're not doing it out of emotion or reactionary. Yeah. And speaking of reactionary, I also think it's important to know know yourself well enough to know how you resp- how you respond and handle things. Because I know there are some people who, like, if there's an issue, they want to confront it head on, like, right then and there. That doesn't work for everyone. I'm not the type of person that that works for. And so if you need, like, space and time, like, that's fine as well. But just, I think it's important to communicate that as well. It's like, hey, I know we need to talk about this, but I need some time to, like. Yeah, well, and I was going to say, like, also know your audience. If the person that you're trying to have this kind of heart-to-heart with you know, is really like reactionary or like maybe like, I don't know. You just need to know your approach to like, if you, for example, if like Angel and I were having an issue and she came and started yelling at me, I'm going to shut down. Like we won't have a conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to shut down and we won't talk. Like, so that's not her audience. That's not, (laughs) that's not me, you know? So like, you know, that's, and that's something that you learned as you become friends with somebody too, is like, yeah. what is their operating system? Yeah. Well, going along that lines, what has broken fractured friendships taught you about yourself? Several different things. One, I think it, it's taught me a lot about who I am as a person and what I want in my, in my friendships. Um, do I want people who are, kind yes do I want people who you know are loyal but not loyal to a fault who can dish it to me when and you know mentally high five me in the face if I need to when I'm in the wrong like being able to have that you know true genuine vulnerability with someone um you hang on to those you really Mm -hmm. do you hang on to those I think too for me like it's taught me how to communicate better. And I've had Mm -hmm. situations where I've tried to talk to someone and in my head, I've already played it out and it's going to be great. And I'm going from A to B and it's, they're going to accept it and change. And that's the whole (laughs) kit and caboodle. And then it's not really funny. And then it doesn't go that way. And you're like, well, crap, (laughs) like what do I do now? Um, So I think one, how to communicate to people and learning things like reading your audience, you know, getting your emotions and thoughts down on paper before um, are really important tools with some of those, like, kind of fractured friendships. Um, and then, again, like, what is it that I want? Like, I'm – we are at this age where I, as Angel said, we're in our 30s and I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I am tired. I don't have time. I'm open to people. I want people in my life that are going to be – able to fill me up when my cup is cup is empty and also that I can fill up when their cup is empty as well. 
I feel like a lot of times when we have any type of conflict or any issue in relationships, it can be very easy to look at like other people and say like, this is what I don't want in a friendship. And what broken friendships have taught me for me was to, it helped me to be more self-aware. So it helped me be more self-aware in the sense of realizing like I need to communicate. So let me say this. One of my friendships that there was a couple of fractures that we've repaired along the way was that I'm the type of person, like I, I do get quiet. And when I need space, like I may not text you, I may not call you. Could be a week, could be a couple weeks. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it is what it is. And it's not anything personal against the person, but like when I need space, when I need like by alone time, I just kind of go ghost. And that's something that I do feel like I've gotten better about it as an adult, but definitely like when I was in like high school, college, that was not a problem for me. And so something that it taught me was like the importance of not sending a text message per se saying like, hey, I need some space right now. I'm not going to call you or text you like, don't worry. Don't worry about me. But I realized that I do have to be better about just like communicating like it's nothing personal or just kind of letting people know to an extent like what's going on with me because, and I'll also say this, it's helped me to learn the difference in my relationship. So like the three people who I consider like my close friends, they're literally like, all of you are like night and day. Like none of you are the same. <laughs> so like with Dorothy, like I, I don't have to let her know like, hey, I need space. Like I like, know. we don't talk all the time. We still have a good relationship. Um, one of my other friends, I need to let her know because I know that she may take that in the wrong way. I'm, I've also learned that it's like friendship is not a one size fit all. Yeah. And so I have to be mindful of how I show up for my friendships in different ways because they don't all require the same thing of me. They don't all require the same showing up of me. And so I have to treat the friendships not differently per se, but understand that each of them needs something different from me. Um, I would also say that friendships have taught me just about different areas um, that I needed therapy in, for sure. Team therapy. (laughs) Things that I needed to um, work on, because I am someone who's, like, very independent and very, like, solo-minded in the sense of I do tend to deal with, like, a lot of things myself. Um, and so it has helped me to just work towards being more open and vulnerable with people about different things that I'm experiencing or that I'm going through. Um, and also just being mindful that people are not mind readers. They, I mean, yeah. for the most part, people can tell like something's going on, but that I can tell them like, Hey, something's going on. I don't want to talk about it right now and we can revisit it later versus just kind of like not sharing, not saying anything, or even just portraying that like everything's fine. So I don't know, it's really just helped me to just be more self-aware of ways that I can be a better friend. And it's also taught me that I feel like I don't need a lot from my friendships, but that doesn't mean that my friendships don't need a lot from me. And so I have to be mindful that although I don't need certain things from my friendships, that doesn't like give me the pass mm-hmm. to show up kind of lazily. Like half-heartedly. Yes. yes. Just because I don't need that. Um, so I try to be mindful 
Um, and I will also say um, a friendship that I had that ended not too long ago, what that taught me what about myself was, I'm trying to be mindful of how I say this. The friendship ended somewhat in regards to just like being in a space of like being busy, growing, building on the other person's side. And now that I'm in that position, it's kind of forced me to like not allow my busy growing building where I'm at now with like starting a business and everything to not put myself in a position where I'm not available to my friends or that I make my friends feel how I felt as a result of that relationship. So it's like forcing me to be more mindful of how I just continue to like engage and show up in my friendships. Um, I wanted to circle back on something too, like, so going back to kind of like, what have you learned? Um, also, you can't compare your relationships with other people. Like my friendship with Angel is very separate and different than my friendship with Mariah and their yes. relationship is very different. But obviously yes. like at JMU, that wasn't always the thing that we yeah. thought of. Um, but knowing that, I mean, especially with us, cause we were really close for a long time mm -hmm. and we, you know, gave ourselves a nickname. Um, so I think that's also something that's hard to do, um, mm -hmm. especially when your group of friends might know each other on like more intimate levels. Um, mm -hmm. But in that same breath, sorry, I'm going back to what you said about being like self-aware and of yourself. I saw this really great post on Instagram the other day that was like questions to ask um, your friend before venting to them. And one of them was like, do you have the mental space yeah. right now to to be there for me? No. And I thought, yeah, no. And I thought that was really powerful because, yeah. again, like, you don't really know what's going on in someone else's life. Yeah. And even if you are the closest of friends, not everyone reveals every little thing yes. of what they're feeling. And a lot of the times in this busy world, those feelings can are just shoved down. So you yeah. don't always have time to, like, really unload um, but I thought that was really powerful. So I'm going to try to be doing that a little bit more before I just like call up people and be like, let me just like complain and, <laughs> and vent about the things happening in my life without asking like, Hey, like, can you help me like take this on? And, and another one of those questions that I really liked was like, do you need an ear to listen to? my advice, yeah. you know, I think being, it goes back to that communication of like, I might be like, Hey Angel, I really need to vent to you about something. Do you have the space and energy? I don't need your advice. I just yeah. want to complain so and that's okay. Yeah. I don't want you to fix it. I just need to like let it out. And that's, that's totally okay. All um, right. Last question. I thought this, this is like unrelated yet related to the conversation. I thought it was a good one. Yeah, I think it's a great question. It's like, this is very interesting because I think it's very related to the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mourn friendships or romantic relationships more when they end? I think that's such a, like, a very thought-provoking question. Oh, is it? I guess I didn't read that correctly. So it, you're asking which one I would mourn more? Yeah. I don't like that question. Um, <laughs> what did you make the question? I was thinking, like, I guess I missed the more part. I thought you, it was just... It, do you mourn the friendship or relationship when it ends? Oh no, no more. Yeah, like which which one is harder for you to? I don't know. I'm gonna answer the question that I thought I was asking. Okay. <laughs> I thought the question asked, 
do you mourn friendships or romantic relationships when they end? And I'm going to say yes, I do <laughs> mourn both of those things. But in per, in regards to friendship, yeah, I actually feel like I um, – right, so honesty moment. This summer has been really difficult. Um, we've been moving through a lot of grief with, like, family friends that have passed away, um, not from COVID, but just – there have been a lot of people this summer that has passed away in our life, in my family's life. Um, and then also, like, we talk about dynamic change with friendships. Again, a lot of my friends are married with kids, and that comes with a really big shift in my personal feeling of, like, where do I now fit in your life? Um, so, I, I, yeah, I say I do mourn friendships. I mourn what we had, and that doesn't mean that I'm – not excited about what is the possibility or necessarily that change, but change is hard <laughs> and it's and it's inevitable. What's that saying? Like the only thing that's certain is change, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so I am currently moving through kind of a grieving period mm -hmm. of a dynamic friendship that has changed a lot. And it's, again, like a situation that I know I need to bring up. I'm just not ready to do it now. Yeah. Yeah, I would say... Don't answer the real question. I'm going to answer the real <laughs> question. Because that's what I had in mind. <laughs> I would say I mourn romantic relationships more. Not that I don't mourn friendships ending. But I feel like when you think of like a romantic relationship, there's like an additional level of intimacy. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why I feel like I mourn those more. Then I also feel like I view it as, I don't know, it's like a different kind of love. Like I love my friends, but like thinking about like being in love with someone. Yeah. I feel like losing that is, I don't know. That would be really hard. Yeah. It's like, like I mourn them both, but I feel like for me, a romantic relationship is something that and I think too it's easier for me to say that now because like all of my close core friendships I'm still friends with you all right so it's like I haven't had to technically like mourn our relationship ending for real because we're still friends whereas all of my relationships we're still single so. <laughs> well no but that's good. I mean it's also a good point too of like we've been talking about friendships and like we know that that changes but like yeah. again maybe maybe over romanticized in like media and the movies, like your romantic relationship, your partner, they're there, they're your rock, they're your, you know, like part of your foundation. And so that yeah. is on a different and deeper level than necessarily yeah. like two friends growing apart. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a good question. I clearly got it. I clearly got it wrong, but I, Still, I still feel like you can mourn both. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like I mourn both. But <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like romantic relationships hit you at a well. I don't know. That's hard for me. I feel like romantic relationships hit me at a different level. But I feel like it is easier for me to say that when, like, my friendships of decades right. plus, right. I'm still friends with y'all. So, but I also think about it in the sense of like at this point in time to lose a friendship that I've had for 10 plus years, that would be like losing a sister. So like, that's kind of like yeah. 
losing family, whereas like a romantic relationship, like that feels like family as well. Um, I don't know if you can really compare. Like, I don't think you can compare. I think it's definitely, it's like, it's different types of mourning. Like, but I feel, I don't know. I feel like romantic relationships hit me harder. Well, and I can see that because you have with romantic relationships, there's a physical aspect. That's a whole nother layer of intimacy and vulnerability. Um, I don't like that question. <laughs> just, I don't want, I don't think there should be a more or a compare. I feel like it's like its own separate question. I feel like it's different. <laughs> like you, you definitely can mourn differently. Yeah. But <laughs> I feel, I'm not necessarily saying, I also feel like it depends on who it is. So like my, last situationship like I didn't mourn that more than I did a friend because it's like that was six months of my life and you wasted my time so it's like I think you suck as a person Dad with the patriarchy yes. whereas <laughs> like if it's a friendship that I've had for years I'm definitely gonna mourn that more. so I do feel like there are different factors that play a role um in which one yeah so before we wrap up, tell people how they can connect with you on social media. Or you can talk about your spark, um, your hashtag. Oh, my God. Okay. No, I will. Okay. How can you connect with me? Um, I really only use Instagram. So don't try to find me on Facebook because it, it just won't happen. I really like Instagram. That is my jam that rhymes. Um so you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Dr. Gopes. She's a real doctor. Legit. It's not just for her. No, I actually have the student loans to prove it. Um, so Dr. Gopes, D-R-G-O-P-E-S. Um, but obviously my real name is Gopi, G-O-P-I. Um, so that will be the best place to connect with me. Um, Angel called me out. So I'm doing this new... Not new, but at the beginning of this year, I really love to, like, learn about new people and new things, and one of the things I committed myself to this year was expanding my knowledge on women, um, and also, like, more focused women of color, but women in general who have made impacts or are positive, um, positive people or making contributions to society in different ways. So you'll see on my Instagram, I have a monthly um, hashtag that I created called Spark Positive Energy that highlights a different woman every month. Um, These are people that I just follow on social media or, again, have found in different ways um, that I think are making a really positive impact. And I love just sharing that information and knowledge to others, especially like we know women can tear each other down. So this is my kind of you know, rebellious nature of putting positivity out into the world by heathen, <laughs> by um, highlighting them and what they're doing. Um, so check it out, guys. All right. Thank you for being my guest, Gopi. Thanks, Angel. This was fun. You, you can come back again. <laughs> oh, thanks. I'm, you're inviting me back. That's impressive. <laughs> All right, everyone. Make sure that you share this episode with a friend. Share it with your girlfriends. And until next time, don't forget, be whole, be healed, and be authentic. Bye. You want to say bye?
Thank you so much for tuning into a Change of Heart podcast. I hope you were encouraged and please take a moment to share with a girlfriend and don't forget to download the episode. Lastly, I would love to connect with you. You can follow me on Instagram at Angel C. Walston and at a Change of Heart podcast. Have an amazing week and don't forget, be whole, be healed and be authentic.